following podcast is for mature audiences only. It may contain explicit language or content. If you are under the age of 18, Fortnite is calling you. Plus, this podcast will most certainly contain nudity, and you don't want to hear that. Welcome to the New with Tags podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. We are a longtime married couple enjoying the latest chapter in our lives. We hope that through sharing our personal insights and the advice we'd give our 20-year-old selves, we will encourage you to live your most authentic life wherever you are in your journey. Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a sexy podcast. And yes, there will be some fun and sexy stories while I wear my new tag lingerie. Let's get started. What are we waiting for? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jamie. How are you tonight? Doing very well. Better than you've been. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. Probably the nicest day we'll have for some time is my guess. I got out a bit, but... Northern Northern Hemisphere stuff. It's been a good month where we got to see some friends. Yeah. Which we hadn't been able to do that much of for a while. Yeah. it's, It's been really good. We have enjoyed our cloak of immunity, although we are nearing the end of... Waning, probably, in theory. Again, let's hope not because mm-hmm. nobody wants our immunity to wane. But True. Especially us. But mm-hmm. it's been nice. It's been nice to travel and not have to freak out about. You no, know, and seeing different parts of the country handle this very differently. That was, that was interesting. Since the last time we recorded, we did get to spend another day with, with Lois and Clark. We did. We did. After we finished, wrapped up the podcast, we had another little well, not little. We had another play episode, and that was really fun. Well, yeah. well, that's not our sexy story for today, though. So nope, not for today. We're going to have to hold on to that memory for a little while. Okay. I have neglected to say what you're wearing so far. <laughs> no, I was, I was wondering if you noticed. Oh, I noticed. <laughs> it's actually not the first time you've worn it, but no, I it's really the first time you've worn it. Yeah, I, I cheated. You did. So describe it, and then we'll, we'll talk about how it I cheated. It is a tealish green... Teddy, but with a halterish oh, mm-hmm. top, and it's got the, the little eyelash lace, which you have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And it has a little ribbon around it. Mm-hmm. It's the one you actually wore when we posted, I think, on Twitter. Yeah, we put it on Twitter for when we were at the cabin. Yeah, so um, I, I cheated on our tribe. You did because you, you you tore the tags off last weekend. I did. I tore the tags off before we took the pictures because. But it's still new with tags. It, it is. It, it, for the podcast. We took the pictures mm. for the podcast. I'm wearing it when we podcast. But So people can actually see what it looks like So now. yes. Yeah. So, so and, and we'll be posting a few more pictures of that. But yeah, anyway, I just, it was. It's I, very beautiful. I feel bad that I'm cheating on our tribe. I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I have actually run out of lingerie that has tags on it. So Starting to get happy, Amazon's going to have to deliver. Actually, yeah. we'll no, they... find some other places. But <laughs> We do. And I'd mentioned we, we met with Lois and Clark, but we also got to see some of our people, I would say, are part of our original tribe. Oh, yeah. This yeah. last month. Very early. A couple of different couples. Mm-hmm. One couple yeah. shared their anniversary with us. We yes, were driving we, through town. And we had dinner and, yeah, we're, we we spoiled their anniversary. I, ho- I hope we made it a little better, but yeah. like we're, we're on a date with you guys at dinner <laughs> this just seems wrong for your anniversary like y'all should be doing your own anniversary but yeah. you know it's it, wonderful to see them it was and you know the really funny thing is how quickly so like you know we hadn't seen them in over a year 
Over a year, yeah. And it's a year been, and a half. We we hadn't seen him in a long time, and and we have some sort of minor interactions, mm-hmm. and. You know, we sat down at dinner. It was kind of a little awkward at first just because, like, we hadn't seen each other in a while. And, man, I mean, it wasn't from walking to the front door to the table that we were, like, completely into this. We hadn't missed a beat. Yes, we hadn't missed a beat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it was, um, again, it, it goes back to sort of our last um, episode where we talk about how we've made friends, real, true friends. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a hallmark of those kinds of friends that mm-hmm. you just fall right back into it. So it was wonderful to see them. Yes, even, even though, though short lived, it was it was just a few di- hours. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. dinner, and but it was just it was just fun. They're they're amazing, wonderful people. It was great. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful dinner. But then we got to take our five day trip to the North Georgia mountains. That was fun. It was really fun. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. I mean. It's literally a long and winding road. Really long and really winding. Whoo. <laughs> yeah. Get nauseous in the back seat, kind of long and winding. Yeah. At least I got to drive some. Mm-hmm. That made it better. But for whoosh. you. Yeah, for me. But yeah, because you know it's, <laughs> it's all, all about, about me. you. <laughs> that's a that's a first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should we move on to our social media portion now? I think we probably could. Yeah. I it's think we should. Uh, gonna be a little different this time. Yep. This is usually, you know, sort of my segment. So, but what what I thought we'd talk about today, because we are going to release this on our first anniversary of our podcast. Yes, which is our anniversary as which, well. Which is our wedding anniversary as well, yes. I think this will be episode 14, so. Maybe, yeah. I believe so. While we normally talk about what's hot in social media, we and trending, we are not hot and trending in social no, media. No, we are not. But. But we have a presence. But we have a presence. That's something new that, mm. that we started in the lead up to lead up to releasing um, last October. And then I kind of want to talk about what it's been like this year because it's not, I don't know what I expected a year mm-hmm. ago. I don't either. But it wasn't this. And, and I mean that in a good way. I thought we'd have a half dozen listeners mm-hmm. and they would be marginal <laughs> listeners of maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And it got a slow start, but it, our okay. listener base mm-hmm. picked up pretty quickly and We've, we know we have listeners in all 50 states. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which surprises me. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of states that were very late in the game. I know. But, Come on, um, man. And dozens of countries, particularly the English-speaking countries, are mm-hmm. Ireland. I want to know who our Irish listener is. Yeah. So if you're listening to us from Ireland, more than one. <laughs> drop us a note. Because I'm like, so. who is that? I, I, I love that. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's kind of fun. I did find my way to Irish TikTok too, by the way. But that's a wow. Thing. I did. Wow. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're following. I'm just teasing. This has been kind of a wild ride. Mm-hmm. It's um, been fun. Got has... to meet meet new people, add people to our tribe. But just it, it's been really interesting when we run across somebody who's listened that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. That surprises me more than I, anything. I still, I still don't understand why people who don't know us would listen to us. I, I really <laughs> struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I'm um, glad they do. I'm glad they do too. And, and I'm glad a lot of them have reached out. And that's yes, fun. And that is really and cool. And please do if you'd like. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting, you know, and, and sometimes talking about social media, we'll have people who followed us and you know, who, who listened to us, who then will follow us on Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll go to look to see who else they follow. And I'll be like, they don't follow any of the other podcasters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not like there's 
been some connection cross connection liking commenting thing that has brought us visibility and i would say the other thing i want to do before i forget while we're talking about our tribe so we have our listener tribe but i think we have also found this other sub tribe of other podcasters Mm -hmm. i've felt an incredible amount of support from the podcast community in general Mm -hmm. right whether it's People giving us shout outs, you know, our naughty escapades were the first. Yeah, they were. And kind words by people just supportive. Oh, yeah. And mentions in their podcasts. And I can't name them all because inevitably no. I would forget. So you all know who you are. I really do appreciate yes, thank again, you. all of the support and, and it, the friendship. It, well, we listen to a lot of those podcasts, but it's fun hearing them on other podcasts. There's a lot of cross interviews. Mm-hmm. And connections, I don't know how they happened. Mm-hmm. One's on different coasts that, you know, they obviously cross paths some point. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah, and it is fun. I do have to say, though, I, so I know that there are people who go back and listen to our first episodes. Mm-hmm. And it kills me every time they tell me they do. Um, the quality was so the bad. The sound quality was horrible. You know, honestly, Richard from Room 77 mm-hmm. really worked with me that one month after we weren't even a month after our release was two weeks after we released and he really helped a lot so that one specific person i'll call out because he spent a lot of time with me helping me make this sound better so so appreciate that but appreciate everybody in the community i still sound like me but we can't help that yeah but people seem to like the way you sound so it's okay i don't get that either (laughs) i like the way you sound okay it's low You're the and, one who matters. Low and rumbly. Um, it's it's uh, ear candy. Ear candy. Wow. Okay. I, I missed out on the eye candy part. I have to go for ear candy. <laughs> Fabulous. But it's a podcast. There, it wouldn't matter if you were eye candy. I'd feel better about myself if I were. <laughs> ear candy. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I think that's what they call a backhanded compliment. Oh, no, it wasn't meant to. It, it kind of hurt when it came across my face. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> okay. So. I love you. Yeah, I can tell. I really didn't mean it. As <laughs> I did not mean it that way. Alrighty then. But moving on. <laughs> so, so question. I So I really sort of drug you into this. Yes. This was really about me and my bucket list, which we actually will talk about later too. But how have you felt about doing this now that you've done it for a year with Mm me? I was definitely apprehensive at first, more just because I didn't know what we were doing. I still don't know what we're doing. But when we get to listen to people talk after they've heard something and Mm -hmm. commented on it, it makes me feel better. Some people have actually sent us messages of, hey, this was helpful for this, or this was, I mean, that I feel good about. Mm-hmm. That's we, we we do it because we like to do it, but if somebody else can get something out of it, fantastic. What was your favorite episode? Probably have different answers to different segments from the social media to the kind of the core topics to the sexy stories, probably all different. One I liked doing was I think our least listened to episode. <laughs> I think it's the one with the typo. Mm-hmm. Was talking about our our types of what mm-hmm. what we are attracted to and what we didn't think we would be. Mm-hmm. That was that was fun to do. Yeah, it was. Some of the sexy stories it just brings back memories because mm-hmm. they're usually not 
some are recent, but they're usually a few months back. Yeah. Of, of recollecting. I don't know. What about you? So I have a couple of different favorites for different reasons, just like you do. I love doing the one where we actually got stopped in the Mexican customs with our recording equipment, and we did some recording down in mm-hmm. um, Mexico. Unfortunately, the there's so much audio I had with one person, but the echoing was terrible, and I just couldn't, we couldn't use a lot of it. That was back before I knew what I was doing with the audio, yeah. so that yeah. explains a lot there. So I love doing that one. That was fun because you got to interview a few people. Yeah, and people that that we had just met. I mean, like mm-hmm. brand new people to our tribe. I mean, I interviewed people that we knew and had known That's before true. and then new people. So that was kind of fun. So so that one was a favorite of mine. The one with the sex fails. Yeah, actually, oh, that was fun. That was kind of fun. You did a lot of work on that one. I did. That's because I failed at a lot of things. It was a lifetime was we, in the making. That was we <laughs> failed at a lot of things. Um, so that actually, one was- the sad part is I think we have enough to do another one. <laughs> I think one one story alone I could almost do as an episode. You could. Anyway. But yeah, that that was that was maybe my favorite. That was fun to do. That was fun. And and I will say our last episode was a bit of a shit show. Mm-hmm. But it was fun to record. But it was so much fun to record. And, and we, we cut out two and a half hours. Oh my gosh. It took a long time. It, but it was it was just interesting discussion. Yeah. So, so that one was fun. Um, but I, I like, there's not one that I don't like, right? There's not one that I go, that topic didn't work the way I wanted or, cause sometimes we'll start out with a topic and we will have meandered our way to some other place mm-hmm. and it's turned out pretty good. Um, True. which is kind of how our Sunday dinners go mm-hmm. anyway, when we we're having our conversations, which was actually how we got from not being podcasters to doing this podcast. Sure. So, so I don't, I can't, none of them are my favorites. You know, you can't have a favorite yeah. child. Yeah. But those are the ones that I remember, I remember the most. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's been a fun ride and we're not done. No. So we're moving into season two. Right now we're not changing our format. We might, but this kind of works for us. And I think that's, all I've got to say, anything else you want to say on this topic? Do we forget anything? No, just thank you for doing this for a year. Yeah. It's been enjoyable. I did remember one more thing. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has left us an iTunes review. Oh, yes. Um, there's trolls who leave one-star reviews, and I don't care if you don't like us, but if you're going to write a one, if you're going to give a one-star review, at least have the guts to put your name in some words to it. For a reason. Yeah. yeah, you know, I can't, we can't get better without that. So thank you to everyone who has left us a review somewhere, but mostly on iTunes. It's mm-hmm. where it tends to matter. And thank you for listening. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for listening. We Hopefully we haven't bored you to tears. If you're mm-hmm. still listening, there's something about it that you like. So yep. we're glad we're here. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being part of our tribe. You bet. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Okay. So I think with that being said, it's time to hear what you have to say to your 20-year-old self, Paul. <laughs> Dear Paul, you were 20 now, in college, and at the height of your social existence. You interact with people all the time. Enjoy this. You don't know it yet, but that is what energizes you and recharges your emotional batteries. 
You will have a time in the future when you will not be able to interact with people at all and for long periods of time. This will be devastating for you. Remember, you're resilient though. You'll get through that, but it won't be easy. Work hard to come up with other ways to interact with people, especially your spouse. This will be critical to your emotional and physical well-being. Hang in there, though. When this happens, you'll get through it, I promise. So, it has been a rough, rough few months. It has. For eight, everyone. Seven, eight months. For everyone. Yeah, we've seen it a lot, which mm-hmm. is actually part of what prompted us to do this episode. You know, we have been aware of our own struggles with depression and anxiety during this whole pandemic. And we're seeing it in our friends as we've been able to get out and about and have dinner and talk to people. And we're coming off of Mental Health Awareness Week and World Mental Health Awareness Day. And it's not a sexy topic, but it is so important. We talk about our tribe. We talk about the fact that we are a supportive group of people, like-minded people. And one of the things that we have to be aware of is where our friends are in their own heads. And and that's not in any kind of self-serving way, but just because these are people that we know and care about and like, and and I think we just have to be aware of, of how things are progressing for people right now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's particularly hard when we can't see them yeah to 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 gauge how 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 they're doing how how we're doing mm-hmm. um, but it, yeah we have seen a lot of a lot of variability of how this has affected people good and bad but mostly rough side of things mm-hmm. you know obviously it's impacted the lifestyles components but it's impacted friendships home lives Substantially. Yeah. And, you know, the CDC has been tracking this data for a while. And, you know, there has been just a huge jump in people who are having symptoms of depression and anxiety disorders, like to the tune of a tripling Tripling. of the numbers. It's generally around eight, nine percent of people. But then you put this pandemic on top of it and the stress and anxiety that's that comes along with the unknown portion of this virus, right? Meaning how is this going to affect me and my family if mm-hmm. somebody should get sick to the folks who are caregivers or, and we've mentioned this briefly, but I worry about the people who are at home in situations that are unhealthy for them, that where the the chance and the risk and the rates of domestic violence are just skyrocketing. So, mm-hmm. but I did find it interesting when we were doing the research for this episode that the CDC basically since late June, about 40% of, of adults reported struggling with mental health mm-hmm. or substance abuse. Yes. And, you know, say the percentages for substance abuse was lower than I thought of the increase only because I know everyone we know has increased their alcohol intake through this. Mm-hmm. It is a substance. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have. Mm-hmm. The the whole thing on TikTok 
our moms with wine. I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. The substance abuse, particularly with alcohol, not because necessarily to deal with the stress. I think it's boredom as well as a factor of there's just not, you know, it's something to do. Yeah. I mean, I know well, relatives of ours are in neighborhoods and, you know, they do the, hey, it's Friday at four, let's start drinking. And then, you know, mm -hmm. the cul-de-sac and mm -hmm. spread out socially distanced and they've yep. been doing it every single week. Yeah. Sometimes multiple days a week now. And that's... It starts that up. Yeah. I wonder, people drank before. Mm -hmm. People drank at home before. I wonder if some of it is, so we, we're perceiving an increase, but maybe it's just that we're all talking about it now. Like, it was kind of like what happened behind closed doors happened behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, you're exchanging, you know, drink recipes or, hey, I tried this new bottle of wine or whatever. So I think it may be that we just have more visibility of it now, which may be why it seems like the percentage, because it was only like a 13% increase, at least by survey. I, I found it really interesting. So again, I, I mentioned the CDC has been collecting data and they publish every couple of weeks. Actually, they're working with the Census Bureau. And there was a really nice article from sort of the first phase of this and into the second phase. So they had the first phase, which went through July, and then the second phase that runs through the end of October, where they're collecting this data. And there's not been, I, I thought there might be a shift downward as things opened up more, we were able to go out and dine out, and you know people were being a little bit more normal. Um, but we're not seeing a lot of changes on that depression and anxiety. And we're I seeing it- Because it's-, it's it's hard to see an end. Well, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Mm -mm. But that, that adds to the anxiety. Yeah, that's I mean, that's absolutely true. The, the unknown is still very much prevalent. What's really interesting to me is that the demographic, the 18 to 24-year-olds. Mm -hmm. is the most. And, you know, the interesting thing is, biologically, they're the least at risk. Of of the demographics that that, but, that have been, but they're one of two segments most impacted, and by that I mean think think of true think of us as our twenty year old selves mm -hmm. in college, the height of our social existence. Yeah, true. And they don't have that. Yeah, I guess that's um, true. I did that not think about that. A whole level of anxiety. Actually, the different segments, uh, the CDC data, mm -hmm. you know, talks about anxiety, mm -hmm. which you know the the depression you mentioned trauma and stress related mm -hmm. anxiety mm -hmm. and suicide rates mm -hmm. and the suicidal thoughts had increased like 11% mm -hmm. for that demographic mm -hmm. in particular. And they were always high, mm -hmm. relatively. Higher. Relatively speaking, right. When I was looking through this, one of the things that struck me is, you know, so they give the numbers about how many people have responded to the survey. And then of that, like how many people have known someone who has had COVID. And then one of the other uh, data points that they look at is whether or not somebody has died that you know has died from COVID. And interestingly, I think interestingly, if you had someone who died of COVID, overall your, your stress and depression are less. I don't get it. I, I don't, I can't, I cannot explain that. They're about equal in anxiety, actually. But depression, if you know someone who's died, you're, you're at like, say, 20.6% of the respondents. If you don't know somebody who died, it's 24.7%. And the same when it comes to, do you know somebody who's had COVID? 
and I think maybe this this one I understand a little bit better. If you know someone who's had COVID, you are less you have less anxiety than if you don't. So if you know someone who had COVID, you the score the the rate was twenty three point eight, and if you didn't, it was twenty six. It's all of this unknown. It's the mm-hmm. fear, I think. And I get that from the anxiety and depression. You know, we know a lot of people who've had COVID who've been, who've had very mild courses. Most everybody we know has had a very mild course. We know one person who's died from COVID that we that we know peripherally, but we can put it in perspective, right? We have perspective. I think we hear about all of the horrible things the people who end up in the hospital, like that's what that's what gets the press. That's what gives us the anxiety. It's what gave us the anxiety before we got it, right? Are we going to be in that really sick category? So I kind of get the the anxiety around it. Like I get it from a, do you know somebody who's had it? I don't understand it for if you've known someone who's died. It's mm-hmm. it seems a little counterintuitive. And again, of the of, of the survey for this particular week and it looks like it's about the same 79% of people don't know someone who's had covid that surprises me that I mean that really does it doesn't when you look at the incident rates um yeah. with the anxiety and depression associated yeah. with it, i do i mean think of just the two of us of i was so amazingly anxious depressed mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. anxious mm-hmm. on the extremes of everything from a caution perspective and then we we got it uh-huh. and the anxiety level changed substantially uh-huh. i'll say it's more the the known than the unknown right well now with it's us mm-hmm. yeah. now, well now it's known our, our every case is different but the yeah but, i'm not downplaying the people who get very very sick no but but, but f- to have experienced it and know other people who have and, uh-huh. and see the anxiety levels change a little bit uh-huh. Plus, we we have a tie-in with some medical professionals that can give us the impacts of future for us. You know that yeah. that helps too. Yeah, but I can see that. I, I do understand we were, the anxiety. Uh, work related. I talked to someone yesterday that I've known for years, who's as carefree as anybody I've ever known, has not left the house since the initial shutdown. She had no idea we had it, and it, it was just dead silence. She's like, I don't know how to process that because she just hears the worst her question was you survived like i am talking to you, yes <laughs> but it was such a shock mm-hmm. so I, I i do understand why if you know people who've had it and who've we know 80 percent of people statistically will have no problems at all mm-hmm. health problems no long lasting health problems no even short-term problems gets that perspective it gets a little bit mm-hmm. back to that but you really were struggling and and we've talked about it we talked about it more along the weight gain piece than we talked about the COVID-19 which I'm still working to get off but you really truly were depressed during that period of time Mm -hmm. especially you know that April May time frame especially you were just it was bad I never really had been before no I struggled Mm mm-hmm I need people to recharge my batteries. Yeah, you know. And didn't have that. And even even good friends of ours that, you know, they were struggling in their own ways and it was hard to interact and just talk normally. Mm-hmm. It changed how you and I interacted. Being depressed with that. Mm-hmm. 
made it hard to get in a groove. You know, all kinds of variables were taken, you know, kids in and out and relatives in and out all the time, you know, which, which changed dynamic of, you know, staying with us for periods of time, working from home, you know, a lot of variables, but Mm -hmm. the not having the interactions with people just crushed me. Yeah. I think you would have been fine if we had found some better ways earlier, but I think everybody was in that same place and and we've you know we have since gotten out and gone to you know a few small house parties and we've gone you know we've gotten together with other couples for dinner and it is a a common theme and we have found a way out of our funk but 40% of the people are still there mm-hmm. and so i still feel like this is a really timely topic we've talked because and and as we've gotten out and talked to more people we have a lot of friends who are extroverts. We do. You are an extrovert. Mm-hmm. And when people meet us, they think the opposite. They think I'm the introvert, you're the extrovert, just on initial mm-hmm. interactions. Mm-hmm. I'm usually quiet to start into things, but very relationship-based. Yeah. But yeah, I need I need people interaction. You need people interaction. And so that's the extrovert. I found a really good article, and it's on reconciling depression when you're an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Generally, extroverts aren't depressed. So the fact that this may have been the first depressive episode in your life, the first time you've really been depressed, is not a surprise given what happened with a pandemic and everything getting shut down and that. But you don't, I mean, you also haven't had sort of the life experience to process through how you were feeling, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not something that you were you were used to doing. And I loved this article because it talks about like extroverts like to be around people, but depressed people don't. So like you have this whole, yes, you struggle. And and I see, I still see some of our friends in this same place. I'm not all the way out. No. I mean, way better than it was a month ago. Yeah. But it's about trying to find a place where you can go and be with people even if you don't have to interact with them. So it's the idea of you going and taking your laptop and working at your favorite little greasy spoon restaurant Mm -hmm. just to be with people. You may only talk to your server, but you're still around people. And so when the pandemic first started, you couldn't even be around people. Like Mm -hmm. nothing was open. You know, now we have more opportunities to do that and certainly taking advantage of virtual Mm get-togethers For extroverts, it's probably fine. I get fatigue for that, but we'll talk about that here in a second. We'll stick on the extroverts here for a minute. Extroverts generally have a high level of energy and depressed people don't. So again, you know, you got this dynamic of just feeling like a big lump and not knowing how to interact and think you have to get out and move. And that was one of the things that you figured out early on. I did. I remember we bought bikes for the family. So it was mm. you, me, and our daughter. And I didn't want one. And you didn't want one. And we bought you one anyway. Mm-hmm. And you have ridden your bike more. Hundreds of miles. Hundreds of miles. But it got you out. It got you some energy, especially when the gym was closed. It got you out and moving in. And I think that helped a little oh, bit. Very much so. And we were fortunate enough to have a rail trail uh-huh. where people were doing similar biking, running, that I could at least see people. With masks and things at times, you couldn't see smiles. Yeah. And I actually, that's a component of smiles energize me. Mm -hmm. And I have so missed that 
during part of this. Mm-hmm. You know, you you learn to read expressions by eyebrows, yeah. which didn't do that as much before. But to see a smile really goes a long way, and you can't do that. Yeah. I didn't know how much I missed that. Hmm. Interesting. Which would explain why your smile mask was the, your favorite mask. It was actually my, yes. That my... smiley faces on it. You know, extroverts are expressive, right? Mm-hmm. And depressed people aren't. You know, you you don't don't even really know how to express what you're feeling because you've never really had to go through this. I mean, that, again, no, most ever. extroverts aren't don't. I mean, the the rate of depression in extroverts are much lower. But I so I find it interesting, you know, that um that that that's a that's an interesting struggle. But this next one, this is one that I think you really really struggled with. So extroverts need feedback and depression distorts it. And there were times that you'd message a friend of ours, didn't matter, could a vanilla swinger, doesn't matter, like just a friend. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't respond back to you, like within a certain amount of time, oh. it was, um, you were, it was, they didn't like us or what did I do to upset them? Or, you were feeling rejected. Mm. No. Yes, you were feeling rejected. Anxious was the word. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was, couldn't sleep, always on edge with no real reason to be. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know how many being, times I would- Being anxious and depressed at the same time is messed up. Yeah. Well, and I don't know how many times I would be like, I'm sure they're just busy with their kids or, mm-hmm. and and it would turn out that, you know, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I got so busy. How are you? But you just really processed, you went to that negative place. Yeah, I, and that's right, not the, like the you feedback, at all. I didn't have any, yeah, the feedback is true. I yeah. had no visual cues. Mm-hmm. A visual cue I can go a long way mm-hmm. with. I'm and, an observant person. And that was the one I think that really, that I really noticed with you. And that's the hardest one. And, you know, hopefully you have somebody to balance you out in your life that can be like, it's not that. And to keep that, mental perspective going. But I see a lot of our friends who are extroverts really, really struggling. And, you know, you, once you started getting that into that feedback loop, once you started, we were able to get out more. I mean, that was partly why we took our trip to Pearl. Once I could see a smile. Right. It was. You see smiles at Pearl. You, you came out of that very quickly. I mean, you still have a little bit of it, Mm -hmm. a little bit, but for the most part, you're way closer to normal than you are to being yeah, an- to true. having anxiety and depression. You just Agree. have sort of moments, mm-hmm. and you you got to witness it for a few months. Yeah. So, and I struggled with that because I would have said I'm an extroverted introvert, but because it's all about me, there's actually a word for what I am. I know. I did not know it, and it's ambivert. Mm-hmm. And it's somebody who's fluid. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. Um, another, another favorite podcast, by the way. Your fluidity. Yeah, my fluidity. That was actually that's been a pretty popular one too. Mm-hmm. But I am, in general, I need to be alone to recharge my batteries. You do. It took me a while to figure that out, and you too. But because I'm outgoing, right? I can I can rise to the occasion. I can go to a party and just be sort of out there and kind of the center of attention and like super energetic and all of that. And man, when I'm done, 
give me a you book and a corner and a blanket and I will be super happy. So, you know, introverts tend to have more a higher rate of depression because we get really all internal and in our own heads a lot. I would say I have had more periods of just not being myself and just being down or blah. Really, if you looked at me on a scale, professional scales, I probably had some depression, usually around life losses and, mm -hmm. you know, those types of things. I had plenty of experience in sort of dealing with whatever I was feeling, although I ate and drank my way through, through the pandemic. But that was something that I would struggle seeing you because I was like, okay, this is like, okay, I get that you're social. Um, and actually my birthday was before your birthday in this whole pandemic thing. And you'd arranged all of these like people and like it was people on the people. And it was, it was amazing. It was great. I just loved to send it. pictures or do those. Yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah. I mean, it was, the... it was video calls. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it, you know, I didn't need that. I was happy for it. I enjoyed getting to see people, but I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it was such an important piece for you. I'll say that was your cry for help. Um, it was really it was early. Probably one of them. It was early. Many. It was early. Um, Little white flag. So I am an ambivert. Mm -hmm. So I can live in the introvert or extrovert side. But mm -hmm. ultimately, I really just need to recharge my batteries by myself in a quiet place. I mean, we'd been married many, many years. And I did not realize that until two or three times into our trips to Pearl. Mm -hmm. We'd usually be there about a week. <laughs> And we'd be in it for a few days, and then just suddenly you would be, I'm, I'm going to go on the beach and mm -hmm. read. Mm -hmm. Okay, you'd be gone for a day. Mm -hmm. This is three times in a row that you've done that. You would go from full on to power down to zero mm -hmm. in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And just like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you needed about a day or two, and then mm -hmm. you were back. And it's just, I can't keep that level of energy up. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like being with people. I don't like being with people all the time. And at Pearl, you're with people all the time. You know, you're talking to them in the pool. You're So it's interesting when you, when you read about ambiverts, they prefer meaningful conversation to chit chat, but they know that chit chat will often lead to meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. So they engage in it. I was really reading this going, oh, yeah, this is so me. It's, it's just so it's really interesting. The whole research on ambiverts is super interesting because this was actually a business article that I found about ambiverts and talking about how people think that extroverts from a sales perspective would be the best yeah. salespeople. Research shows that they are not. It's actually the ambiverts. By a substantial amount. Yeah. Wharton School of Business analyzed 35 separate studies and found the statistical relationship between extroversion and income, thinking measuring success by income. Your, your, your perceived leaders and outgoing people. Yes. yes. Was zero. Mm -hmm. So the, um, and then the salespeople, um, the ambiverts pulled in 24% more revenue than introverts and 32% more revenue than extroverts. Yeah, that shocked me. You know, I watched some of our friends... Um, really struggling I, and, and some friends who I think have some other social anxiety that go along with that. And, you know, the amazing number of people who have started using marijuana is crazy. I wanted to try it because I figured it was a, you know, zero cal um, alternative to alcohol. Boy, put getting, giving me, I mean, giving the, the person who just needs to be quiet and recharge your batteries, 
marijuana just like makes me want to go to sleep. So um, that didn't work for me very well uh, as a social lubricant. And it doesn't work for most of our friends as a social lubricant either. I just think mm-hmm. I see them and, and the people particularly who I think are struggling the most, I see them struggling even using those substances. So, you know, I think this has been an exceedingly challenging time. I think there's a lot of people in the lifestyle who are extroverts. There's also a fair amount of us that are ambiverts or introverts, and I don't think we've struggled as much. Yes, and in some of the introverts, ambiverts that we know have seemed to deal with this much better than mm-hmm. people like me. Mm-hmm. And that surprises me in this kind of environment, I guess. Why? Why does it surprise you? I would think it would take people who tend to be by themselves, they would just shell up and not talk to anyone. Well, they're okay with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't understand that. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. And that's not to say that we didn't struggle or miss. I missed people. But here's the thing. As, as an ambivert, I, at work... I'm on Zoom calls. I'm, I guess, I, I don't know, I should say if lucky is, I don't know that's the right word, but there are people who literally just put their head down and work all day. And so mm-hmm. they don't get people. And so I worry about those folks as well. But for those of us who don't recharge, I sit on Zoom calls six hours a day, at least, five to six hours a day. And I have people and I have, it's all video cameras and everybody's cameras on. Um, and so it's it's plenty of people for me on any given day. So while I missed the social part of seeing our friends and having a dinner out and, you know, laughing with over a glass of wine or listening to good music, I still miss the music. Still miss the music. You know, it was it was easier for me to deal. I had my fill. I had my fill. Like I didn't, I didn't need any more. I think I would have been different. Had I had a job where it was just me and my computer and I wasn't interacting with people, mm-hmm. you know, but I kind of use up my inner, I use my people time up during the workday, which actually was a struggle for us because I would use my people time up for the workday and I would just want to go sit on the couch and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have that same people time. No, because, and it would be a little frustrating for me because. With my work I do, my clients shut down any kind of interaction, including Zoom calls. I mean, there was occasional call call, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't even seeing faces on video for a while. And you would be 10 hours a day, and I could have zero some days, which, you know, in an opposite world, that would have been perfect for us. Yeah, right. (laughs) And, And it was a struggle. And I think... My advice for partners out there who have a spouse who's the extrovert and you are the introvert, because I do find, because we've been talking about this, particularly in the last three months, there is generally an extrovert and an introvert in the lifestyle. True. In those lifestyle friends and those lifestyle couples. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my advice is, Try to find those opportunities that are, I'll say, low stress for you as the introvert or the ambivert um, if your batteries don't need to be, you know, recharged. But I think we now have some options. I think certainly while the weather's still nice or, you know, where you're at a place where you can sit in an open air 
restaurant, you know, if you're lucky enough to live in the South, get out, have dinner with another couple, be outside where you've minimized whatever health risks there are, and just make yourself get out of that. If And if you have health concerns that are so concerning that you can't do that, then you really do have to work for your spouse and leverage those technologies, you know, so that they can see faces. And, you know, whether it's a Zoom call with your family or friends or doesn't even have to be a lifestyle thing. Sometimes, and that's what I found, I had to push myself to do things that I knew would meet your needs mm-hmm. um, because I, I didn't want you depressed. I mean, you know, there was there was a selfish reason to that, but there's that compassion, right? You don't want to see somebody be depressed. And so I just, that's my advice for those of us who have dealt with, with bouts of depression or being down. Um, you know, introverts tend to have those throughout their life. So it's a little bit of a life skill that we've learned that these extroverts just don't get. I mean, they don't, they don't have that way of processing. They haven't had the life experiences to process. Um, you know, you just have to go out there and, you know, and, and push yourself as much as you can, but still take time to recharge your batteries. And you have to have those conversations. We finally got to the place where we ended up binge watching several TV shows mm-hmm. that actually started before we went on our vacation. And we should have done right. it earlier in, in the grand scheme of things. Oh, that would have helped. We should have done this in March, April, May. Instead of July, August, September, but because we could still be together, we binged watch both shows that, I mean, some shows that I had watched, but you hadn't, or we had both Mm -hmm. never watched and we could be together. We could experience it together. It was still kind of people time for you, but let's be honest as the, the person who really just needed to quietly recharge their batteries, I could check out a little bit and you didn't. Yeah. You'd be on your phone or whatever. And I'd. It, it gave me the uh, facade that we were interacting, yeah. which worked. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's again, it's it's a it's a very difficult place to be, and I think there are still people out there who feel this way. We still have friends who are still in their bubble. Um, you know, you were talking about even work friends that mm-hmm. are still in their bubble. You, if you can't get out, if you really truly have health concerns that keep you from being out in public. You just have to find other ways to connect with people. And again, the use of video conferencing will work. So, you know, that's... Reach out to me. That's true. I'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. Um, and you will talk all day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but it's just an important, important thing from a mental health perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't really until I was doing this research that I really, truly connected the dots. I read that one article and went, oh, well, that's okay. Yes, there's this, not only is this something that you've got no life experience with because, you know, most extroverts aren't depressed. And then that's not to say that there's all, I mean, I'm, I'm painting a very broad picture here, but, you know, you not having the life experience and then having this conflict between your depression and your extrovert, extroversion, that's a problem. Caused anxiety. Mm-hmm. One more thing to throw in it. Mm-hmm. Fuel on the fire. Mm-hmm. For sure. So this wasn't a very sexy topic. No, but one 
I think it's an important one. I think it's a really important one. People don't talk about it. And we've observed more now that we have got to talk to some people of others are experiencing yeah. very similar things. And being out and seeing people in groups. One of the, we'll start, we'll transition to the sexy story here in a second. But, you know, that small house party we were at, I mean, these are people we knew and had known very well. And I, boy, you could just see the difference. You it's could just dynamic. see the difference. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We love you. You're part of our tribe. So, you know, if you're out there and you're part of our tribe, you know, reach out to Paul. He'll, he will engage with you. He will talk to you. Um, I need it, man. Yeah, he does need it. I will likely just sit in the background and nod my head and, and um, engage only when I have my batteries recharged, if we're really honest about it. So, but we've had a very kind of unsexy middle topic here. Important, very, very important, but a very, unsexy topic why don't we move on to sexy stories though we have a really good sexy story all right let's go to sexy story time it's sexy story time i need that yes i love sexy story time this was a good one it is a good one, but you know what? It didn't start out like super sexy. You're right. It did not. It was really cool. So we were at a house party, small little house party. And in this one room, they had these two yoga chairs and they were facing the opposite direction. And so I was on one chair and the coach was on the other chair and we were sort of like face to face. And we were talking about all kinds of things. I mean, we got, we had some pretty profound conversations. We had just some kind of flirty conversations, but we were just we were just talking. I mean, just talking, talking and drinking. At some point in the conversation, he and I were kind of the way the the chairs were in the room. I didn't have much of a sense of what else was going on. People were coming and going. I, I was actually had a conversation with another gentleman kind of behind you mm-hmm. at a table, so I got to observe just kind of the vibe changing from deep, profound conversation to flirty to, hey, that looks kind of interesting. I really wish I remember how the very first time I said, kind of like the most, the rudest thing you can do, like when a woman's giving you like a hand job or a blow job is to come in her hair. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember saying, I said it multiple times because I had been drinking a little bit. You know, some guy comes in my hair, he risks getting throat punched because that's just, it's just super bad form. It's just super, super bad form. And so we were just sort of bantering back and forth. And I'll say I started to to sort of draw a crowd, right? I mean, we were just talking. So people were coming and going, and but a group of guys started migrating around you. It and, was kind of and interesting. And we, we were pulling all of them into the conversation. And actually, the coach gets up and leaves um, to go check on check on his wife to go talk to his wife and we continued to have this conversation it was just flirty banter i was i was in a really good headspace that night just personally i was just in a really good headspace and it had been a while since we'd been out and seen these people and these were all people that we knew very well you know there were a couple of people who were new but really for the most part everybody who was there were people that we knew and so as opposed to our first house party we went to, I was super relaxed, super comfortable, just glad to see people. Mm-hmm. The banter 
that you like so much was going on with lots of people. Yeah. Well, they're funny people too, so mm-hmm. it made it more fun. But there was mm-hmm. the banter, and it kind of led to sexy banter. It did lead to sexy banter. And so I don't know when we sort of transitioned from sexy banter to we started just talking about hand jobs and blow jobs and coming on me. And as we were talking about it, I don't remember how we got there. It was just so organic. It wasn't like suddenly we just decided we were going to do this really sexy thing. But the other two guys, so um, I'm going to call them by name or not pseudonames they're not their real names but there's so many people involved i can't just say the guy so i'm gonna i'm gonna give them all names so after coach left the there was mark and bill were there and you were in the room and those are the people who i knew were like kind of in the room when this all starts happening there were a couple of other gentlemen in the room coming and going yeah i was talking to one and Mm -hmm. then another was in and out and was enjoying watching the banter yeah. He even participated in the banter along the way as he was coming and going. So a little was, bit. He'd throw a comment mm, as he walked mm. through. Hail Mary. <laughs> Telling you. So anyway, we end up, I was sort of like teasing and I'm like, okay, there was this, we were sort of one-upping each other. Like, are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? Are we going to do this? The Bill and Mark left and sort of checked in with their wives who were in another room. They came back in and Bill finally goes, so look, are we going to do this or not? And he's the kind of guy that I have to call him when he does that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff because that's just how we are. Threw down the gauntlet. He did throw down the gauntlet. I'm like, I'm in. And I literally pop up out of the yoga chair because I'd still been sitting in the yoga chair. And I start stripping off my shirt and shorts I had on or skirt. I had a little skirt on. I strip out. And so I strip naked. And I think they were a little stunned at first, honestly. It was not an expectation at that point. It was like, where did that come from? No, but then they quickly stripped. They did. It didn't take long. There was really no hesitation. So it was really cool. So this was a bucket list thing. So as we talk about how we got to this place podcasting, it was all about a bucket list. And so this is one of the things that was on my bucket list that I didn't plan to have happen, but I got to check off my bucket list. So anyway, the guys get naked. I'm naked. And I don't think at this point you're naked. No. I was behind watching, very intrigued at this point. <laughs> Wondering what was going to go was on. Going so the yoga chair has sort of a high end and a low end. And I was leaning over the top. My chest was on the chair. And I had Mark in front of me. And I had Bill sort of just to my left. And they were naked and I was naked. And I was I was sort of doing this alternating... I had one hand moving and I had one mouth on the other cock. And so I was kind of going back and forth and that was really fun and sexy. And then all of a sudden I feel this other person come up, like slide behind me between me and the second little bump of the chair. And I was like, I don't know who this is. And we, I probably should have announced my, uh, my uh, entry into the, into the game, uh, especially given our first house party that we went to. It's true. So, but, but of it course, was very sexy, yeah. and I needed to join in. Yeah, yeah, and and as soon as like I just looked, and I didn't even have to like go completely all the way around. I knew it was you, so I was like, okay, this is cool. So I'm kind of going back and forth, and I'm like, okay, well, you're behind me, so I'm trying to figure out how to do two hands, one in front of me, one to the left, and I have to turn to my right to be able to suck you, 
it just didn't work. So I, I, I think I turned once. I like tried to suck you a little bit. Out, and I remember looking at you and saying, this isn't going to work. And so I turn around and I've got my focus on Mark and Bill. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, at that point, like I, I knew you were there and I have these vague recollections of people walking through. I had no idea that the person you had been talking to earlier was standing behind us, behind you. Mm-hmm. I had no visual of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel a little bad. Know that if you're listening to this, it it wasn't that you weren't invited. I didn't know you were there. You could have come and joined. Um, but I just didn't I just didn't know. Um, I just was not aware. So at this point I become really focused on the two guys. I'm, you know, I'm I'm just I'm in really enjoying myself. I'm I'm in a good playful mood. This is so much fucking fun. <laughs> I am this is so much fun. Like that's those are what was going that was what was going through my head. And it was play. So we play like that and at what point did you actually slide into me? It was after you were, well, you were sucking Mark. Uh-huh. And he was really getting into it. Uh-huh. As were you. Uh-huh. And you were stroking Bill. Uh-huh. He was getting into that part too. Yeah. And I'm, I have to participate in this as well. So I slid inside you and started slow, but the it was just rhythm and the energy of the guys was going back and forth and playing off what you were doing with each one of them. Yeah. Again, kind of always thought it would be hard. And it is kind of a little hard to have so much going on. Like I couldn't focus on any one thing. It wasn't It wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. It was hard, all right. It, yes, all it around. Was, it was hard. There, yes, it was hard all around. So I start focusing on Mark, who's in front of me. And I'm sucking and I'm using my hand and I'm just sort of touching him with my other hand, touching his ass. So I can tell he's getting close. So I've still got my hand on Bill and you're coming from behind. I'm like, okay, this is really hot. And so I kind of, I pull back and Mark ends up coming like all over my chest, all over my (laughs) chest. Um, It was, it was nice. Um, Yeah, he came a lot. So that was super hot. So I'm still at this point sort of stroking Bill. Um, oh, I, I guess I should say I, I did give all the guys kind of the easy out. I did. I normally wear my hair. I had my hair down that night for the party. But I did actually grab a ponytail holder and put it put my hair up in a ponytail. I even put it in a high ponytail. So, you know. This was our first try at it. So, you know, this was the beginner level. We'll just have to work our way up to the moderate and the advanced but, options. But Mark was very concentrated on not getting it in your hair. I'm sure he was. He was not wanting to be throat punched. <laughs> no, I'm sure he was not. I'm sure he was not. So Mark leaves. He walks out. He walks away. And and so we sort of slide Bill over. And so I'm still I'm working on Bill with my hand in my mouth. It was It was really fun. There was a bit of a pressure. I mean, you're there. Um, and actually, y- after Mark left, you actually came. He hadn't even left yet. Oh, was he still standing there? Yeah. Wow. I was like, I was involved too, remember? I was in the room. <laughs> you were preoccupied. I was I'm telling yeah. my side of the story. You have to tell your own side uh, of the story. Shortly after he came, I came as well. Mm-hmm. The and first time. The first time kept going and going, yeah. Energizer Bunny style. Yeah, you awesome. were. So I sort of move Bill over and, you know, I, I'm, again, using my hands and my mouth and just 
having a great time and he's stroking himself and he kind of leans over and he goes, I don't think this is going to happen. And so I, I stop because the last thing I wanted was for anyone to feel pressure. I mean, we the whole conversation a bit about coming on me, right? And I'm like, look, I, I literally just stopped and I was good. I mean, I'm in a happy place at this point. I'm, I'm good. I said, there is, there's no pressure here. So, you know, we can stop, we can do whatever. He's like, mm. so I start, I keep playing with him. because I'm like, look, we're going to play. And if this is all about play, because I was in a play mood. And so he ends up kind of masturbating over my shoulder and ends up coming all over my back. Yeah, as, as I'm watching him align to do this, I've never seen someone so meticulously try not to get in hair. <laughs> All while this was going on, I'm still going hard and heavy from behind on yeah, you. Yeah, you were pounding me at that time. And Mark came back and sat next to you and was watching again, stroking himself, watching mm-hmm. this whole ordeal. And mm-hmm. he's like, this is even hotter. <laughs> and Bill is, Bill is lining up. So, you know, you're bent over, I'm from behind mm-hmm. and he's on the other side. And mm-hmm. He's really kind of coming over your shoulder. Right. And at one point I'm realizing, oh, he is really wound up. And that shoulder is lined up to hit me between the eyes from where he could come. I got to dodge. <laughs> it did not turn out that way. And it was it was fine. Came on all over your back. Yeah. You recovered front, back, and underneath too. Yeah, I so was. I was. Very hot. It was very hot. And Mark was quite the gentleman. Because when he left, he came back with a warm washcloth. Multiple. And so, yeah. So, For all of us. Yes. Yeah, so we were all able to clean up. But I had an MMMF, I guess, technically. You had a lot going on. I had a lot going on. Not to mention the other people who were walking through and, you know. Sure, there were people watching from two different sets of windows. I mean, it was in did, interior were, were windows. Were some of the wives watching? At least one. If not, I think a couple did wasn't exactly a spectator sport but but there was a there was participation yeah. by everyone but for somebody who's an exhibitionist that's not a problem yeah so not, not so much so not not you so and much I got to participate you did get to participate with my wife it was a an incredibly fun fun night it was really sexy and it was organic it was very organic which was the really cool part of that it wasn't like oh, we're going to arrange for this to happen for Jamie. It just happened and developed. And it, the great thing was is I had chemistry, different kinds of chemistry, but chemistry with all, all the of involved. the guys who were involved. And that's that's really cool. I, I was I was very fortunate to have that happen. And, you know, I hope that they remember that night fondly. Uh, but it was... It I was, do. I, I do too. I mean, it was, oh my gosh. Like, I really couldn't have asked for more... I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get sexier. So on that note, let's play. Let's play. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the New With Tags podcast. We love having you in our tribe. Follow us on Twitter at New With Tags pod. Or you can email us at newwithtagspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find sexy pictures of Jamie on Instagram as New With Tags Podcast. Now, go out there and live your most authentic lives. Seize the day.